Hello, yes, this is Dan Housen here. Dan Housen, bitches are for... Shooting the Breeze with Bash and James Housen. Yes, a podcast, a wrestling podcast of some sort, based in the UK. It's quite nice. Dan Housen's here to give you a very nice, valuable shout-out of some sort. And also, you, Dan Housen's wishing you the powers to knock out the Breeze Horse. It is War Horse in disguise, Dan Housen thinks. He's not quite sure. But he also is uh, shooting the Breeze with the Breeze Horse. So, you must defeat him. He's evil. Anyways, love that Dan Housen. Good luck. Hey, um, this is episode 78 of Shooting the Breeze uh, with Bash. Um, with me, James. And we've got a special guest again. Yep, James is back. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. Um, welcome, mate. Welcome, yeah. Do you want to get your plugs out of the way? Um, yeah, catch me on Twitch <laughs> at JamesVaughn14. That is the same for Instagram and Twitter. Um. Yeah, no, I've been. Uh, how's everybody been? Like everybody okay? And I'm hungover. And I've been home something <laughs> about as good as it gets in lockdown. Yeah, uh, I got locked out of my mobile phone. And, uh, oh yeah, you got completely locked out, didn't you? Yeah, my mind went blank to what my passcode was, and I had to reset my whole phone. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> lessons to be learned are. Trust somebody with your passcode or write yeah, it down somewhere. Yeah, keep it down somewhere. <laughs> <clears throat> and make sure you have a backup. <clears throat> really important. <clears throat> but lessons at least, at least here in the UK, we're getting back to a little bit of normality from next month. Yeah, slowly but surely. Yeah. Shops <clears throat> and beer gardens open from the 12th of April. <clears throat> yeah, the 12th of April. It looks, it looks like it, but... You know, right now, would I, I'm still sceptical. I feel a lot of people are. I think... I think they need to... If there's a spike, see, like there's already been yeah, with the kids, there's sure been the a spike. Yeah, going back. There isn't yeah. like a massive spike, and obviously you're not really going to know the results of that for another week to mm-hmm. really see if there has been like an impact. You know, if it doesn't go up too much, then I think everything will be okay, but... I mean... I think everyone who's in a position to work from home, I don't think that's going to change. No, I don't I think, think that's changing. Safety, I, I, like, like me and you, James, we're both kind of office based, but now we both work from home, and I can't see that changing. Yeah, I don't think it'll change at all, not for a long time anyway. Yeah, I think work from home is going to be a staple, even. Yeah. After the pandemic, if you can do it effectively, then just do it because, you know. Even when everything's back open and when everything's kind of getting back to normal, it only takes like a spike for everything to just be like thrown back into lockdowns and chaos, and they can't afford to do it. So, if working from home, I think that's a compromise that I think the people are going to have to make. Really, I think for another year, it's going to happen. But um, yeah. Um, we got a lot to cover. Yeah, that's been a while that. since we've done the show. Like yeah. it's, um, I was speaking to, I was, I was meant to let you know actually, one of the people that Stacy works with. Uh, so yeah, my partner Stacy, her, one of her bosses is an independent wrestler. Oh, that's cool. And I got in touch with him. I dropped him a message last night. Told him kind of what we do, what we're about. Um, sent him obviously links to the show for him to have a listen and um yeah he says that we can try and sort something out so 
that's quite cool. Yeah, it'd be interesting to have a wrestling independent. But at the moment, there's not much independent wrestling. Mm. But no, the only reason that came to mind is because when I sent him the um, like the latest show that we did, mm. I realised just how long ago it was. So yeah, we have left it quite a quite a while. Yeah, there is a lot to go through. Um, we'll start off with the NXT takeover. What happened in that and kind of the ramifications of it. Um, it was a good show from start to finish, I think. Was that the I one think. with Finn Balor versus Pete Duck? Yeah, and that was the one with the ladies, um, Dusty Cup, and the uh, men's Dusty Cup, and uh, the North American Championship match with Kushida. In it. Okay. So, and I touch on the women's match. I mean, the women's match was good. Obviously, we know now there's, they didn't have the tag titles already for... Um, them to actually have yeah so so can... yeah just to yeah. kind of clarify the the women's NXT women's tag team championships were debuted on this week's NXT yeah being fully established so that means that the other NXT no I mean the WWE tag titles are only going to be on Raw and Smackdown other women's ones yeah it kind of makes sense yeah. I think it should have been that way to begin with yeah, but like I said, they didn't have it ready in time and in the belt. Nah. And so. they've already, mm. uh, not to spoil uh, NXT, but they've already had two sets of champions already. Yeah, because <laughs> that that fu- wasn't the final, like the same like rerun of what happened this week. How do you mean? Like the final, wasn't the final Blackheart and Ember versus uh, Raquel and uh, Dakota? Yeah, I think it was. With NXT this week, it was William Regal was in the ring. um, Kind of, he made the announcements about Takeover being over two nights in the same week as WrestleMania. Is it Um, all going to be in the same place? um, I don't know. Um, Do you know? Show the location, but I think it is different. But um, so he made that announcement, and then obviously he'd got like the belts on a table under a cloth. Yeah, uh, you got all of the women that. women's roster on the stage. He brought out, um, is it Michelle Rodriguez? Is it Rodriguez and yeah, Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. That's yeah. it, Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. And he gave them the belts and says, "Right, you know, you're the Dusty Cup winner. So here you go, congratulations. You're the first ever." And then um, they defended them the same night lost and lost them. Yeah, because Raquel's meant to be going to a program with EO, ain't it? Yeah. I, to be honest, I'd, I'd I'd bring her up to the main roster. They already got one big big girl though with Rhea, so I think EO it's time for EO to come up. Personally. I would in that situation would have left Rhea in NXT and brought EO Shirai up because I think there's something there between Rhea and Gonzalez. I know that they had a match. But I think that's something that you could build upon. I just I worry that they've brought they've brought Rhea Ripley up, and I don't see a place for at the moment, unless something kind of develops with a rematch of last WrestleMania against Charlotte Flair. Well, I, I don't think she's coming in until after Mania. I was going to say because if if they're planning on doing that match of Charlotte and Ripley, then they need to hurry up because like WrestleMania is literally around the corner and it like fair enough it wouldn't right. take long to build the story and it wouldn't take much explanation but if you're going to have like 
a championship match of that calibre, then you've got to get the belt off Charlotte, sorry, the belt off Asuka, then you've got to bring in Ripley, then you've got to put together a match for Mania, all in the space of, what, three weeks, four weeks? Mm, Yeah, four weeks. weeks. That's a lot to do, and, like, yeah. Um, But, yeah, um, I thought the the Dusty Cup tag matches were quite brilliant. I mean, MSK won the men's. Then, I'm still on the shelf. I'm still a bit on the fence about them. I, I can't make up my mind whether I like them or not. I think it's going to take some time. I, I didn't really want to see Grizzly Young the truth lose again because it's just odd yeah. for them to lose again in my view. That means they've been there twice and they lost twice, which isn't great, personally. I'm surprised because mm. I think I think they're, they're shooting for me. They'd be someone that you could put the belts on and they'd, they'd elevate it. Yeah, they're a solid tag team. I don't know. The way that they are, they're good in ring. They're both great on the mic, especially um, Zach Gibson. I think it'd be, a, I think it'd be a, a no-brainer. I could understand they've brought MSK in and they want MSK to kind of hit the ground running. But like you've just said there, it, it just seems a bit strange that they've, they've got there now twice and lost both times. And it just seems a bit of a... If that was the case, that it was always going to make them lose, why not give another team the opportunity to be in the final and be on that stage as well? Yeah, I understand that they needed to build MSK to they're the new kids on the block and obviously that gives them a big kind of push and like don't get me wrong, I've seen them on the independence and impact and you know, around different places. They're really good but I just think that if you put in if you gonna if they're gonna be in there next year again, then you're gonna be like, Oh, they're not gonna win, do you know what I mean? It kind of takes yeah. takes that edge off it now. Personally, that's what I think. No, I would, I would completely agree. Um, yeah, and the other match was the Kushida versus Gargano was good. I really felt that was that. a wicked match, but they need to make up the mind what they're doing with Kushida. Yeah. Like, you know, they the brought him in, they made him like out to be a big deal because he is, oh, well, you know, and you know he's struggling to beat Gargano, and then Gargano's also. Like go have it. It seems like Gargano. There's a lot going on at the moment. So I mean, you got Kashida there. You got Dexter Loomis there. I think there's going to be a turn with Austin Theory down the line. And it just seems like there's a lot going on. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I think it's a triple threat. kind of been lost in the shuffle. Yeah. It does feel a lot with Johnny Gargano at the moment. That they're just they're throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks in terms of the Loomis stuff, the Kushida stuff, and then the Austin Theory stuff. There's no way that they're going to be able to link all three of them together. So I do agree with what you've just said there. I think, unfortunately, I think Kushida's starting to get lost in the shuffle. I think Loomis is destined to be the next um, North American champion, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree. For me, leaves then Kushida in in a pointless feud. And when he comes out at the end of it, They'll find something for Johnny Gargano, whether it is straight into Austin Theory. But then all of a sudden, Kushida's come out at the bottom of a, of all of that situation where he's then going to have to start another feud from scratch because he hasn't really built anything else where well, they haven't given the opportunity to, should I say. To be fair, and then there's another person who, actually, yeah, in this week's NXT, um, you've got somebody making a return and chances are they're going to be put into 
some kind of title picture. Um, Jordan Devlin's back. Uh, is, is he going to be with... Uh, I'd imagine he, he'd go for the Cruiserweight. Yeah, Sam Thompson. He never lost it, but... Yeah, I mean, so they're going to do... WWE, they've got some balls bringing him back. They're going to do unification, ain't they? I know, but I'm, I'm thinking with all the, all the shit in that kind of speak out movement, wasn't he pretty heavily... Uh, yeah, he was suspended for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, from what I remember, and they cut a lot of people. Remember? Yeah, he's uh, he's back next week. Is he going into UK or is he going straight into the main roster? Straight to the NXT. Yeah. He's going to NXT uh, America. Mm. He's another. He's someone that taking away everything that happened in terms of just if you're just looking at pure ability, he'd be someone that would be perfect for. NXT UK in terms of building and developing and becoming a brand there but like you said he's tarnished his reputation whether it was proved or not I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, so I'll be careful of what I say but it seems strange to put him straight into NXT and like you said they've got a lot of balls of a lot of stuff that went on and a lot of accusations that were made if they are going to throw him straight into a picture yeah, but well, in his promo um, he referenced the Cruiserweight title so you know for a fact he's automatically then again, if he's going for the cruiserweight title, what's he going to do? Come in as a face? Again, Santos Escobar, I doubt it. So, even though Santos Escobar is a heel, or... even though Santos Escobar is a heel, he's kind of like too good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like as a wrestler, there's some wrestlers who are too good to be a he- like heel. His wrestling's too good, and then you kind of like you kind of like. Yeah, you know, the points that he's making are true. Like he is, there's nobody who's kind of beat him. Eh? But bringing bringing Jordan Devlin in is going to be a, it's an odd one. But you know, stranger things have happened recently. Yeah, Just put it that way. But yeah. you'll get some great matches. They'll see dreams till they've been sacked. So fuck me, I think there's a yeah, you're not wrong. Have I seen have anybody seen or heard from him? Do you know what's going on? No. There's no information. You, you could go on and Google his name, and the last article, the, literally the only article you'll see is about a year and a half old, and that's when everything was kicking off. Radio it's like he has, and him, he has legit disappeared off the face of the planet. Uh, yeah, um, and the ending was, um, well, not the ending, like we had Pete Dunne and Finn Balor in a great uh, match. Obviously, Pete lost, but um, he had a great showing. And then you have uh, Adam Cole turning heel and uh, super kicking everybody's head off. Yep, the undisputed era is no more. Was it 2017 they came in? Round about, yeah. Yeah, give or take. It's when Drew McIntyre was there. Yeah. So it must have been 2017 the, or something. The, like they've, been, they've been together a good four, <laughs> four and a half years. Yeah, so, I don't know if we planned this or not, but it started and ended with a match involving Pete Dunne because it started when Roderick Strong turned on him. And turned on Pete Dunne, yeah, and then it started at the end. But the match was really, really good. I think the breakup was due, and the heel turn was due. I just don't know if it was the right time. I think there's so much going on where it could have been probably could have been done sooner rather than later. I think it's gonna. I don't actually think it's going to end well because I think that Roderick Strong is going to go back to, again, just 
he's not going to have any kind of once he's you know had his inevitable match with Adam Cole or whatever, he's just going to be back to again lost in the shuffle. Kyle O'Reilly, I'm a massive fan, but do I see him being pushed as a man as a massive single star? I, I don't see it happening. Bobby Fish, like I'd keep Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly together. Yeah, as a tag team. Yeah, but they can't go as Red Dragon and it's what what are you gonna call them as, do you know what I mean? Unless I don't know, they can they can come up with like they can come up with something. Uh I dunno. I Somebody's no, going so up. I'd, I'd have just kept them together. Somebody's going up. Adam Cole will go up. Oh yeah, Adam Cole's he's... going up, yeah. I mean, he had his match on NXT. Has anybody we... are, 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 what's going on with the music? Um, so, so who's kept what? Adam Cole's got the Undisputed Era music. Yeah. Um, just obviously mine, just the words Undisputed at the yeah, beginning. But, but yeah, it's the same music, just yeah. slightly edited. Um, Kylo Riley, I haven't heard his new music. Roderick Strong's gone back to his original. Mm-hmm. Um, Having takeover so, yeah. two nights or. We were running through this when we were talking about it yesterday. Like, what Monday's Raw? So yeah, it's Monday's Raw, Tuesday's NXT, then Wednesday Takeover Part One, Thursday Takeover Part Two, Friday SmackDown, Saturday WrestleMania Night One, Sunday WrestleMania Night Two, Monday Raw after WrestleMania. That's like they're basically saturating the market. They're they're making it so no like. Basically, they want to make AEW an absolute afterthought. It is pretty much overkill, though. Yeah, no, yeah, it is. Like, takeover over two nights. Like, I think that might be one of the reasons as well why they introduced the women's tag titles, just so they've got that extra kind of high-profile match. Unless they're doing it all, unless they're doing two-hour shows. What's the two-two? Well, yeah. I mean, that's sure. You've got the matches because night one you could just have say you can have the North American title headline or the, the women's, women's title titles and the North American to headline night one. And then night two, you've got um, you could do the men's tag titles and the like the NXT title, and then just have a few kind of matches thrown in between. Yeah, for me, I think they've pre-positioned their two main events already. Um, for both matches, I think it'll be Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly will be one of them, and then with the return of well, I said the return with the ending of NXT this week, I think the body pre-positioned match for night two. That's going to be the championship match. The Finn Balor versus Cross. Yeah, so I think, but and then they've got other things. I suppose if they really wanted to, if you look at the star power that they've got knocking around, just like people that we've mentioned, Johnny Gargano, Kushida, Pete Dunne, you could quite easily have a. A North American title tournament or something like that, just to pad a couple of matches out on both nights. Mm. Um, they're still going to get star power and they're still going to get people watching. I want Dexter Loomis to win that North American title. Yeah, but the thing is, Loomis doesn't. He's great, but I don't think he's going to work well on the main roster. Because um... he doesn't do a promo, he doesn't. I think he'll get lost. I think he'll get lost in the shuffle. I think I'd leave be... him in NXT for a good while. I think he should do. I think the only way that he works is if, for example, he went up and he become partnered with someone like Alexa Bliss, for example, someone that was going to do the talking and have that kind of weird aura yeah. that they've got. 
and then let him do his own thing. Not that they ever would do, but that's the kind of I thing. Love, I love just give it just a fucking weird stalker fucking. Yeah, and I love the fact that he he came out with the stuff at the just before the Gargano with Austin Theory, um, and they kind of like kidnapped him from the background. That just that little touch made me think, yeah, that's class. That he's just that little bit of attention to detail. Yeah, I don't think kidnapping is quite appropriate lately. Yeah, no, that's happened. And brainwashing. You know <laughs> what I mean? But Unfortunately, I think in uh, that context where it was, it was done well. Um, yeah, like uh, Cameron Grimes coming back was quite fun. I actually enjoyed the little promo segment that he had and kind of becoming this rich person just made me laugh. Just, I don't know why. Did you see so the like, promo that he did where, well, the music video the made me laugh. The, that one the entire show where he was trying to rip off uh, the million dollar man <laughs> and like, trying to get people to do challenges and he kept on losing every time. <laughs> I think the way I like the, the way they brought him back was quite fun, I think. And they had a little music video, like you know, the the rap music and kind of him just saying to them, <laughs> like half the way through it. But yeah, I'm all in all, I'm, I'm, I finally got Eli Drake or LA Knight. Yeah, they got a lot of signings. Uh, the name's weird though, like LA Knight. Yeah, like what are you like Los Angeles Nighttime? Is that it? Do you know what yeah, I mean? He's just kind of like suave and. It's like a, it's like a fucking crap version of the rock. <laughs> and, and like his style doesn't complement NXT style. I just want to see him wrestle. He'll like, be he'll be on the main he's... roster before anybody else you can see because his style just does not fit with NXT the way people in NXT can go because I've seen him in Impact and stuff like that. He just. It just doesn't complement that style. Who is he going to go into a program with? Because he's always been a heel. He's best as a heel. Yeah, yeah. Juggling to find now. I was thinking about it earlier. Baby if you look faces. at the people that are in NXT, there's not many, if at all, any viable baby faces. Maybe would you class Finn Balor as a baby face? He seems pretty kind of like teeters on the edge between both. Pete Dunne's a heel. Karen Cross was a heel. Adam Cole's now a heel. I'm, I'm presuming it's going to be. Tommaso Ciampa seems like the only person that would be a viable babyface that he could go into a program with. Yeah, but Ciampa's not really a babyface, no? Yeah, I think he's just he's the best of us, but I can't think of an out-and-out. Out. <laughs> NXT doesn't really have any babyfaces. Not I mean, at the moment, no. LA Knight seems to... It seems though his first feud's going to be that... Oh, what's his name? The big guy. Um, Which big guy? <sighs> Bronson Reed? Yeah. Which, but Bronson Reed's not is he a baby face he's kind of a mid card kind of I'd say he's a mid card baby yeah, face yeah it should be interesting is, you know for a fact that LA Knight is going to win that feud yeah, and that's a shame because that, that Bronson Reed's got he's he needs a bit of tweaking but he's young enough and good enough that he could be something yeah absolutely He's got something. Let's just put it that way. They've been built. Mm-hmm. It's like you're building somebody and then you're just going to make them lose. That's the thing that's kind of annoying. Do you know what I mean? But me personally, now that Adam Cole's had his match with Finn Balor, <laughs> I, I've got a feeling that Adam Cole might be brought up to the main roster before WrestleMania. I've got a feeling that he might cost Daniel Bryan his match against Roman Reigns. 
and go straight into a feud with, with Daniel Bryan, yeah. So, I'm, yeah. so I'm thinking it's a triple. Obviously, we'll get onto that in a minute anyway, but uh, yeah, uh, the one match we didn't cover was the women's match, and it was a great match apart from the table botch, which was a bit oh, of a the shame. Table just fell apart. Yeah, the table it's just broke. And a strong wind. And it's like nobody didn't even touch it. She didn't even touch it either. And like I'm like, oh poor, poor girl. Because obviously you know the spot was meant to be like somebody was going through the table in it between Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. And then obviously he all kind of switched it around by jumping off the big thing, which was pretty crazy, but pretty much kind of brought it back into where it was meant to be. I did, I think people behind the table were shocked as well. Because they knew something was coming up. You can't even blame on Nia Jax. <laughs> it was just, it, for me, it was the way that it happened. Because sometimes, you can understand if it's like, they've cut bits to make it weaker, and someone knocks it and it breaks down. But there was literally nothing. Yeah, there was, was like, nothing. Yeah, it wasn't even a touch. They were getting up. And it kind of broke, and they tried to blame me on MSK, remember? There must have been, like, there must be a mechanism underneath it that just allows it to cave in. They must have knocked it when they stood up. It's just balanced on it, so it's like the second it gets pressure on it, it falls apart. But it was a shame. It was just a botch was like that kind of took it down and just like a slight notch. But all in all, like the takeovers, they just never disappoint. But yeah. I, don't think, I don't think there's ever been a bad takeover. I can't think of one. No, I think if there's been a bad one, then there's always had a top tier match that's balanced it out. Yeah, yeah I think. The, that NXT is the best thing WWE kind of does recently yeah I shadow of a doubt but yeah we're going into uh, the craziness that was Elimination Chambers um, they kept it quite short and quite tight considering everything that happened I mean obviously they had to cut a few matches because Lacey Evans got pregnant and then uh, Asuka got injured and then you only had like two matches and then like the one main women's tag match didn't, didn't mean anything like, yeah, it, said there was only there's only like four matches in the entire night wasn't there yeah I think so it was about two hours isn't it two, two, two twenty yeah it wasn't change, like which is fair though it was good though it was refreshing it's not like too much it was just enough yeah obviously the uh, first elimination chamber match obviously was a Cesaro showcase I think obviously he's gone into a feud with Seth so kind of um, it was a good match to be fair I really enjoyed it obviously with um, we had uh, obviously the setup between you know Brian wins it and then kind of sets up Brian and Reigns coming into fast lane so I've just yeah. I've just had a quick look of it um in the whole of the um, the whole of the the pay per view, with the exception of both the elimination chamber matches, no other match went longer than ten minutes. Yeah, which was, and that's including the, the Daniel Bryan and the and the cash in, which I imagine we'll get back onto. And had a total time of both their matches was two minutes, and that was both combined. Yeah, when when Bryan got him into the bell lock, I was like, flipping out. This could be, so could do right, and then Reigns obviously kind of just does what he does but yeah um that was a good match like and then we had the main you know title match between um drew kind of getting winning it and getting screwed over 
you know, AJ was kind of hit, the last one left, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I think didn't... we can all admit that at the aftermath of all of that, the person who got screwed over the most is the Miz. Yeah, obviously, we'll get on to it yeah. in a second. 100%. My, my favourite spot was Amos just ripping off the thing. And, like, just ripping off the purse best glass and just kind of like, AJ, you run in from the front now. Because Randy <laughs> kind of got kicked out at the beginning, didn't he? From what I remember. Randy Orton, I think, was just in there to make up the numbers. Because yeah. like, all he got he's kicked really out quick, invested in is the feud with the Fiend and the run-up to WrestleMania again. Yeah, yeah, well, like, I'm just, again, going back to the times here. The shortest time of anyone other than Randy Orton was 17 minutes in the match ever, across both the SmackDown and the Raw one. <coughs> Randy Orton was only in the match 8 minutes and 55. So Kofi Kingston was only out of his pod for three minutes before he eliminated Randy Orton and sent him on his way. Yeah. Interesting. And the, the ending was kind of like... Obviously, this, this is going to be the big talking point. Miss um, Cash is in. Finally, like, you know, you got money in the bank cashing. Everyone's like, yay, like, somebody's finally... Like, for me, I was like, somebody's finally cashed in, you know what I mean? After the couple of years that nobody's cashed in. Yeah. And then the next night, you really get... You know, obviously, you had that little Bobby Lashley thing beforehand. You kind of, kind of saw something that was happening. But then Bobby Lashley, obviously, the next night... The whole yeah. booking of that was odd. Like the whole runaround of it was just like just get it over and done with. It's kind of like, you know, you kind of see the writing on the wall, but like, yeah, it did seem to be dragged out longer than it needed to be. Like you could tell from the from the offset what was going to happen. So why make it all like a big runaround and drag it over another couple of another episode in order to get the title off the Miz? And I do think it's a shame for Miz because I think. In terms of a talker and a presence, and just a heel and someone that you just don't like in terms of how they produce their content, I think he's one of the best. He's a good worker. He's great on the mic. He's a great promo. Um, so I think they've done him a bit dirty. To be doesn't honest. get injured. Yeah, I think they've done him oh. dirty by they've given him this big moment and then took it off him two weeks later. I, I hate to say it, I kind of grow, grown to appreciate Miz and. The work that him. he does. I'm a, I am a very big Miz fan, yeah. and I think he's then, very, very underappreciated. Then again, he's not though. I can't really say he's under underappreciated because, like Bash, me and you were talking about this the other day. Like, he's one of the longest reigning and like most wins in terms of the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. He's literally a guy who came from reality TV to coming into wrestling where everyone was like look you're not going to make it to becoming a world champion at Wrestlemania having all the IC title runs having the US title having tag titles alright fair enough he only had it for a week but he's a two time heavyweight champion now I think they trust the Miz I think I think he is a company guy like they do trust him I think my outlook on it is with the Miz um, everything that he's got or a lot of the stuff that he's got the buzz that he creates is of his own doing yeah not necessarily that WWE are doing it so there's a lot of wrestlers knocking around that are kind of they're thrown into the limelight they get given everything they get put into angles um, and he's kind of I wouldn't say gifted to them because everyone still has to work hard for the opportunities that they get but they get gifted a lot more opportunities and I think that he creates his own buzz just his mannerisms and the way that he is 
he creates his own thing to put him in a situation where they've got no choice other than to run with him. I think he would have been a great safe pair of hands. Like, don't get me wrong, I think Lashley, it'll be a great, I think it'll be a great world champion, especially with MVP in the background doing the miking and like doing the promos and stuff. I think he's got potential um, to work really well. I just, it just didn't sit right that they've used the Miz as such a short transitional champion. Yeah, the, the sh- I reckon they should have let him go into Mania as champion and then have him drop it to Lashley. Yeah, absolutely. If, were, if that was the plan all along, was to get Lashley on with the belt, there was no harm in having Lashley just take the briefcase from him and then just have Lashley to be the one that cashes in and go from there. No, but the thing is, the, the, we're talking about the, brief, like, the briefcase now is an issue for me because he gave it to Otis, okay, fair enough, when crowds are around, people were kind of happy and then you've you've switched it and now you let Miss Cash in and now you don't even let him run all the way to Mania. Yeah, it's devaluing the title in the championship. So it's, it's completely devalued the case. Like Yeah, massively. Now you're gonna come up to Money in the Bank this year and you're gonna be like, Alright, the we love the Money in the Bank ladder match, but whoever wins it, I don't give a fuck about them. Yeah, no absolutely whoever wins it now. You're just going to think, well, unless it's a big star, unless it was AJ Styles or someone like that, do you think, yeah, they'll cash in and they'll win? Anyone else, you just know straight away that there's either going to be something that's going to happen to get it off them or something's going to happen and it's just not going to work out. Well, when Otis got the title, there wasn't a part of me that thought he was ever going to win the World Championship. No. But when you was watching it, he's like, with the promos that went on and as the builds it up, you always thought like... Are they going to do it? Are they going to run with it? Are they going to do it as like a shock factor? And then all of a sudden he loses it and you don't hear anything of him ever again. And he's taken a spot away from somebody that could have ran with the briefcase. I would have been happy to watch The Miz with the briefcase for the full year. So I think he would have done a lot with it. But I agree with what you've just said there, Bash. I think it's devalued the case. And there's no real care now in whoever wins the case now at the end of whenever money in the bank is set to be whoever wins that case you're just going to think oh well we'll see what happens if they cash in the cash in if they don't they don't yeah, and now with the cash in the issue is going to be are they going to keep the title on for longer than a week yeah do you know what I mean that's going to be the thing now because you're going to like like WWE likes to forget and it likes to pick and cherry like cherry to whatever history and whatever but now it's going to be like fans are going to be like alright, is he really going to keep the title until whoever wins it this year? Because they've got backlash after Mania, then it's money in the bank, isn't it? Yeah. The pay-per-views, so it's not it's not far away. It's only a month or two away, because money in the bank's before SummerSlam, isn't it? Yeah, and SummerSlam's August. Yeah, so it's not far. Yeah, May or June, July. Yeah. No, I agree. So, to, to me, it's What's... kind of just messed up the whole... The excitement of the match is still going to be there. My contender for the next Money in the Bank is Cesaro. And that's if, that's a big if, if they carry on giving him the push that they're doing at the moment. If he beats Rollins at Mania. If he beats Rollins, which to be honest, I think he's going to, then finally. I think on the back of that, He's somebody like you think at the beginning of last year. I put money on Bianca Belair to win the the Royal Rumble. And put it some came, money on Cesaro. Yeah. 
I think Cesaro might be the one of the ones that I think has got potential. I still think, I'm going to put it out there now, but it'll be the 13th of March, 2021. I still think Adam Cole's going to win the Royal Rumble next year. I really do. But I would love, I'd love more than anything for Cesaro to get a proper push. Because I think there's there's so much in there in terms of what it means. And he's, for me, he's, he is probably one of the most underrated people on the roster, if not the most underrated person on the roster. And I think it's just time. I think it's time for him to push on. His mark skills might not be the greatest, but his in-ring ability is unbelievable. I think his yeah. I think his promo he had on Talking Smack was brilliant. I don't know if he's yeah, that much. He can talk. It's the just, guy can talk. It's giving him a chance, isn't it? Yeah, getting him in the thing. And I think there's there's matches there that are written for him, and he is he he can do it. He's probably closer to being a babyface at the moment, in my opinion. And I think that's what they're looking for. Because you look at the majority of the baby faces knocking around on SmackDown, and they don't look like a viable contender against Roman Reigns in the way that they've built him up to being like the mm-hmm. Almighty. And I think that could be someone that you could get a good promo out of, you could get a good couple of matches. Whether he wins or loses, it'll be no harm to him because he's still going to be in the main event. But I think it's long overdue. Now, speaking yeah. of promos, uh, did anybody see the Peyton Royce promo? Because I haven't seen it, but I've heard there was like. I don't know what she said, but I heard good things about it. I'm a massive fan of it. A massive, massive fan of it. And for me, it's one of the best promos I've seen in a long time. It wasn't too long. It was very direct. There was real emotion in it. And it was, it really did blur the lines between being a shoot promo and being an actual promo. What did she say? She She was basically just saying, like, give me a chance. If you like, if like you're not going to give me a chance to let me go, that kind of thing, and why like why do people have to put all this effort in and get nowhere? But it was just saying about essentially how Oscar's injured and she's still not getting given a chance. It's the same old faces all the time, which is her actual words. She said like, why is it the same old faces all the time? Yeah, but like RD kind of cut that same kind of promo, and you kind of got obviously he's in the prom like a feud with Riddle right now, but. They don't give him a live mic often now. Yeah, they don't. And I think that's what it was. It was because it was done on that segment. And I was thinking, is it a shoot? Is it a little bit? Is it just a point of, does she just not care? Because what they're going to do, they're going to get rid of her and she'll go to AEW where her husband is. Yeah. And she'll be, yeah. Like, is it is that kind of where it was come from? But it was, a, it was the kind of promo that would, it's either going to do one or two things. It's either going to elevate it to the top or is going to kill her WWE career. And I do hope it is the former because she, she's improving a lot in the ring. She's, she's got genuine like genuine ability. She can purvey a promo from what I've seen, but for, like, do for, I feel that she's going to get buried now? Sorry, for me, it kind of like they give more shot to Billy Kay and she's not even doing anything in the ring. Yeah, that, and I think the Billy Kay stuff as well, Like I really like the stuff that she's doing on SmackDown. I find like it's like it's a bit of a palate cleanser. It's just something that's a little bit fun, a little bit silly, just to kind of break it up. But then is that something that she's she's been given a like a, a B tech idea and she's making the best out of it? Like what you mentioned earlier with the Miz and creating her own buzz, or he's creating his own buzz. I feel like she's doing the, the same thing. It still to me doesn't make sense why they split them up because there was a great heel tag team, and in a women's division that doesn't have tag the, teams, yeah, the amount tag teams knocking around. The fact that they've got a genuine tag team and they're they're good heels, they're always going to be someone that you can just throw a team together against and do exactly the same job that Shayna Baszler and 
Nia Jax doing. I think that's bit them up too early, to be fair. Yeah, I agree. And I, I can imagine you'd have a lot less injuries on your women's division if you've not got as many matches with Nia Jax in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, talking about um, contracts. Andrade asked for his release and uh, Alistair Black kind of uh, is in the same territory. I think Tony... So yeah, Andrade, you know, put me, he's, he's connected to a flare and not even that could save him. So, yeah. literally. And if... Yeah, go on. Um, if that's the case, um, I'll gladly drive to Florida or wherever they both live and I'll drive them to AEW because they're so unbelievable talents. Yeah. And they've just been crucified. Both of well, them on NXT were as good as they come in terms of champions and they've been brought to the roster um, buried. And like you've just said there, James, the fact that he's with a, he's with a flair, like about as top tier with wrestling royalty as you can get and he still can't get him a match on Raw or SmackDown. So something's got to have gone on. Yeah, I mean, from what I've read online, an insider in WWE basically says they have absolutely nothing for Alistair Black and they're letting him sit at home and ride out his contract. Yeah, I think Tony Khan's... That uh, is appalling. Yeah, but you had that whole Zelina Vega thing as well, I remember. Yeah, but... So, kind of like... Rusev left and Lana got a push. It shouldn't matter. I know, yeah, but... I mean, Vince holds a grudge. Well, Alistair Black, front runner to be the leader of uh, Dark Order. Dark Order. Yeah, I think Tony Khan's going to be Tony Khan's putting out some checkbooks. He's going to snatch both of them up because they're both young. They're both in the prime. Really, like viable heavyweight, like champion material. You can see them both fit in that style as well. You know what I mean? Like the AEW style. Like yeah. I wanna see I wanna see Alistair Black versus Kenny Omega or Andrade versus Kenny Omega or like, you know, um Orange Cassidy or Jericho or you know what I mean? Yeah, they've got that they mould well. And Tony Khan must be sitting at home just licking his lips at the fact that he's they're just releasing people or they're they're holding people for no reason. It's like, like Ricochet. The moment Ricochet's contract's up, he's gone. gone. Yeah, go on, yeah. Like we all like we all know like he is not sticking around. And he'll go back to having absolute five star matches week in, week out, like he can do. But just because they can't find anything in creative, they're just gonna sit at my home. Like I, I think it is appalling like you've just said. I didn't know that Alistair Black was just they've just made him sit at home and wait his contract out. Like what, what they're achieving nothing by what's gonna happen. He's going to go to AEW and they're going to continue to beat NXT in the ratings like they have done every week this year so far. But no, remember he's... that NXT is flipping to Tuesday now. Yeah, and I think the, I think <laughs> the, the need to, because I did see in the ratings, so the A, when we got onto AEW, yeah. um, in a bit, the AEW after Revolution had a 20% decrease in viewers compared to the one before. I know, but I think that had a lot to do with the ending to the Revolution pay-per-view. Yeah, I absolutely agree. But even with that 20% decrease, it was still more than what NXT was getting on a Wednesday. So they've got no choice, NXT, in terms of moving to a Tuesday. They've tried to go head-to-head and they've lost. So, so basically, what you got now, like if you're talking about schedules, Monday's Raw, and Monday they've got AEW show coming up in it. Tuesday's NXT. NXT. Wednesday's Dynamite. Thursday's... 
probably Impact now. Friday Smackdown. Saturday Sunday pay-per-views. Sprinkling the New Japan stuff. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a load. Like oh, just, just on the weekly schedule. Like this is the like you know, you're talking about weekly stuff. This is a like the biggest like thing in wrestling so far since like the nineties. You talk about content as content like weekly content, you get content every day, pretty much. And then that's not even to mention the network. So if you're struggling for something to watch, you'd be like, alright, say I'll stick on the classic WrestleMania. Oh, you forgot about NXT. Like, I've completely forget about NXT UK. Because now I'm allowed to take over in oh, ages. Yeah, NXT UK. So, so you know what I mean? WWE forgets about NXT UK. So it looks like it, yeah. And so, then you've, you've got AEW Dark as well, which knocks around on a Tuesday. Oh, yeah, and then AEW's got its new YouTube show coming on with uh, Big Show hosting. And yeah. I so. actually watch. Um, NXT UK this week. There was um, he was fine. Is Walter on there? He got more chance of seeing a unicorn than seeing Walter on WWE TV at the moment. Um, I can't remember. He was fine. There was Tyler Bate versus someone big geezer. I forgot what his name was. Got a big beard. See, I always dip out of it. Like I used to watch it weekly when it was like things were kind of normal. But then I just I dip in for a takeover when there's a takeover and then dip out. I'll be honest, I, I only tune into it when there's buzz around a match. Like I didn't watch it for ages and I went and watched the, the Water versus Dragon. Yeah, I did that, yeah. I thought just that was a great match. Drop. So if there's a match that people are talking about, um, then I'll go in. But they've they've got the Heritage Cup on at the moment and it's five five minute rounds. Yeah. Rather than the normal match. And it's just it was it can work in certain circumstances, but if you haven't got someone that can go and I mean go for 25 minutes it just then becomes something that's a bit of a a bit of a lull in the match like the Tyler Bate match he, it was great for the first 15 and then the guy that he was fighting um, he just kind of dropped off a little bit and then Tyler Bate was carrying him all the way through for the last 10 minutes but they did have a mixed, mag ta- a mixed tag team match up there as well apparently but I didn't get to see that yeah it was Piper Niven and I know Piper Niven was in the match and she won but see that's a guy that's got lost man Tyler Bay had all this you know well Mustafa Mountain even, yeah. even Walter's kind of lost a bit since the pandemic Walters. happened he I, had that Dragunov match and then the kind of was not a scene again he's I mean the fact that he's the champion and he's not on I mean bloody hell his factions on the bloody yeah no yes <laughs> And he's not there, and he's like, and, and, he's not even about, and, and they don't even reference him. They reference him on an odd occasion. And it's like, you know, you've got a UK show which, unfortunately, doesn't really get all that much acknowledged anyway. And then your champion's not even there three quarters of the time. So, what are you doing? Like, just take the belt off him, like, if, if necessary. Like, is he injured? Is he... Does he just not want to wrestle? Is he being awkward? Like, what, I don't... I don't get what's going on. They've got... NXT UK Dublin's the next the next one that's coming up. Um, I don't know. They've got certain bits. They've got me, Chris, and Moore knocking around and stuff. But they've got to do something that's going to get you back on. Now that, hopefully, fingers crossed, is it June 21st? That everything goes back to normal, apparently. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. So that's on June twentieth. 
So surely this is their time now to real put a focus in on that year. But they've, they've well, I say they've bloody dry. He was led dry for a large portion of it, and the speak out stuff took the rest of it away. But I'm surprised that you've not heard more names from the UK independence scene getting drafted in or getting given them opportunities. Just especially whilst it's they've got no fans in there, just to kind of see whether they do and give them them tryouts. So when it does start picking up and running going through because there's absolutely no reason to watch NXT UK in my opinion no it's just on in the background like I'll watch it if it's there well there's a big match but I wouldn't tune into it there's, I couldn't name you 15 people from that roster not anymore anyway but I think mm. I've five <laughs> take away the champions then the only reason I know who the women's champion is because I like ICW and mm. I watch them but that's the only reason I know who the women's champion is it is a shame. It's, a lot of progress. It's just, and yet the, you know, they're still on about. Yeah, we're going to be doing um, NXT like India. We're gonna. I heard rumours of an N- of an NXT Japan, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. I can't mate, imagine New Japan. Mate, I can't J- imagine New Japan allowing that. Japan, are, Japan, are, there's already enough going on in Japan. Never mind the, them trying. They tried to get NXT Japan, but it didn't work. And, Fell through in it, and I tried to do NXT India as well, which is fell through in it. to manage the shows that they have at the moment and keep them yeah, what entertaining. Happened, what happened to they NXT to India? What they've got? I just, it's just they're trying to completely saturate everything like that. But that week we're talking about, it's going to end up being a good week, but it's just saturation. Mm. You know, you could have had. You could have had takeover on one night and made it two and a half hours and be like, yeah, safe. They're just either they're spreading it out for tickets, which I can get because I'm we're going to New Japan in a minute. Kind of they're doing the same thing, but you know, is it all is it all about money? Do you know what I mean? Or, or should they... I think it's more? I think it's more about proving a point and not allowing. Like, I genuinely believe they just want to make AEW an afterthought. Well, at the moment, they're kind of... They're kind of not really, but obviously we'll get onto that in a minute. What about you, James? No, I, I agree. I think... As good as it is, I think seven days, is, it's going to be just... You're just going to be exhausted at the end of it. Like, when you've watched long... What was the pay-per-view, the WrestleMania pay-per-view that went on for nearly seven hours? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Was it like, wasn't that like 34? You get to the end of it and you're done in. Like the Royal Rumble, I, I said when we had the podcast last time, like I didn't enjoy the Royal Rumble the first time I watched it just because it just the long match after long match after long match. It was just exhausting. And I think it's great that they've got all these stuff and they're going to do all these bits and pieces. But for them to run so many shows over the course of the week, you're just going to be fed up of WWE come the end of it. And it's going to get to the point where you'll watch them all and it'll be good and that week will be good for wrestling but unless something massive happens on the Raw after Wrestlemania I reckon they'll start to see viewership drop off for a little bit whilst people refresh and I wouldn't be surprised if more people go and then watch AEW in the weeks following just as something new and a palette cleanser compared to the same the same stuff that WWE does like we'll get onto it when we talk about AEW and the and the yeah. matches and the barbed death match and stuff, but that's something that WWE don't do and haven't done for years. Is variety in something like that? 
they'll have a couple of last man standing matches, a couple of matches here and there. Yeah, NXT yeah. stuff in the cage, great. But I think it's just unless they come out with some something different over the course of that week that really does break it up. I think people are going to get fed up with it coming up somewhere Yeah, I think that it's kind of like they're kind of they've got their gimmick matches though. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. that's the problem, isn't it? They have their gimmick matches and kind of like they're stuck with their gimmick matches like Helen Star, Money in the Bank, Steel Cage matches, etc. etc. Obviously, if you know Japanese wrestling, you know about death matches and you know if you read Mick Foley's yeah. biography, obviously, you know about Japanese death matches and it. And obviously, early ECW kind of modeled themselves on that kind of not death match esque, but you know, hardcore stylings of Japanese FMW. Obviously, well get onto some Japanese stuff in a minute going to segue into that um, like Kenta versus Mox was interesting like the Mox, the match was good the interesting part was for me was them keeping the belt on Mox yeah that doesn't make much sense to me like unless they decide to defend it on AEW or if he brings it on AEW and kind of like They've got their weekly TV program as well, isn't it? So it could be doing the defense here and there. Which to me, it was strange, him keeping it. Do you think they're still trying to keep the illusion of that forbidden door being open? That's what they're saying. They are, but I don't think that... That whole kind of forbidden door and the relation, like the working relationship... I was speaking to um, Corden about this, because he's been watching... A bit more New Japan because he wanted to kind of get caught up because he's a massive AEW fan so he wanted to seeing as it appears that they're working together he wanted to kind of you know broaden his horizon slightly and um, he said to me he was like oh you know do you reckon you're going to see people like Okada uh, Naito Kota Ibushi Tanahashi on AEW and I said no absolutely no chance I reckon the only people that you're going to get come from New Japan to AEW it's going to be your mid-carders it's going to be your Kentas it's going to be your yeah, but um, you, Zack you, you slightly forget people forget the history between Okada and the Young Bucks I know but I don't see I don't see New Japan allowing their major stars on an AEW show but then Mox and Jericho can come to AEW I mean New Japan so that's the issue, isn't it? I suppose you see has got more pulling power. Uh, looking at the size of company, I know the, the money to value, you take that aside, the size of reputation and company between AEW and New Japan. And I would just say New Japan are in a position to say you can't have this person, whereas I don't think AEW can afford to not have that link at the moment. Why Because they are still developing, they're becoming a big company, but they're still developing. And if they're in a situation where they can turn around and be selective about who they give and who they take. Yeah. Not at the moment, anyway. But if you do see, like I said, if you do see Al-Qaeda turn up, then it's going to be like... That's going to be the, the stamp. Oh, that would be the stamp. If that happened, and Al-Qaeda appeared in the ring, and like faced Kenny Omega, I'd lose my shit. That'd that, be the end of WWE. <laughs> that would be the stamp of like... Okay, the door's open. Yeah, that would be 
like right bye bye NXT. Sorry, you know you put up a fight, but no, you don't stand a chance. Now, now, now we're going in for Raw. Yeah, talking about like you're talking about the saturation of kind of like AEW. No, I mean WWE kind of doing that week. Is it for ticket sales? Kind of like the same thing happened with Castle Attack. Kind of that just happened with um, um, New Japan. They're kind of running like two big shows like back to back. Like night to night because of ticket sales because they they can't get enough people in the building, and like one one show ends up being really good kind of like the night two kind of like you had Ibushi night off for the like one of the final defenses for the IC title that was great like the never championship match was great between Tana and Okan and then you had kind of like the tag team title match was great but then like the night before is kind of like just like a filler thing. So it's a bit weird, and they've lost a few people as well. Kind of, they lost Hiromu. He had an injury. Kind of like he's out for like seven months, eight months nearly. So that's kind of a major blow to him. They've got rid of the titles, basically the IC title and the IWGP title, and kind of make Ibushi into a world champion. Which kind of kind of makes sense, but kind of doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Because they are becoming a worldwide company. Get rid of a secondary type. Well, no, I don't think they should either. I think that the fans kind of like the Japanese fans kind of don't like, and then getting rid of the world title. But it's kind of like, like, I'm I'm more concerned about like, like the IWGP belt. Is like so iconic. Yeah. It's kind of like, but I think me and you were talking about it, James. Like, just yeah, the look it looks of like it. Like an actual world championship. You don't want to yeah. turn it and make it look like a toy. Yeah, kind of like you know, like we all was like taking the piss out of the AEW belt or the cup and the, you know, the world title the belt. The new Japan belt. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, is it going to be the other way around? Like, are they going to pull out a belief? belt that looks like the AEW belt which is or are they going to do a WWE and just have a diamond encrusted mess I hope not like I will see any because obviously the New Japan Cup's going on right now and kind of like Naito and Okada going out in the first round was kind of like the two of the top guys going out in the first round of the tournament is kind of like what the fuck do you know what I mean Obviously, they're kind of elevating other people right now, like Osprey, Zack Sabre Jr., Shingo. Like, I think the final is going to be Shingo and Osprey again, but they're going to be as like heavyweights instead of juniors because they had a great match as juniors. So, I think that yeah. might be the final. I think it'll be good. Osprey and Zack Sabre Jr. are the next, they fight each other next, don't they? And then he goes through, but I think Osprey is going through, to be fair. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be Osprey. It'll be Osprey. I think it'll be Osprey Shingo. I think they're gonna rerun it. Yeah, uh, there's some good people on both sides of the both sides of the bracket. To be honest, but I think Shingo Shingo versus Kenta. I can see Shingo winning that, and then I can't see anyone stopping with Osprey on his route for the final. So mm. I think yeah, Shingo with Osprey seems like the the best show. Yeah, and uh, it was just shocking to see Naito and Okada go out right at the beginning. It was just interesting to either either they're saving them for the G one or they're just kind of deciding to elevate new people now. 
which is interesting but yeah um let's talk about their final things which was a uh, AEW and their people deciding to turn on a uh, WWE from Big Show to uh, Christian which were the big uh, surprises so yeah Christian was the big reveal as the Hall of Fame worthy talent that AEW have acquired um, fair play on Christian I love the fact that they kept his um, TNA music he was on uh, Renee's podcast I don't know if you've heard it but it's called Oral Session he was saying that because they got the link with Impact he mm. was still allowed to use that TNA music which was uh, that's good because if they didn't have the link with Impact they would have to make some new music for him I'm, I'm glad that you know they've managed to land somebody like Christian and I'm glad that Christian's you know kind of come out of retirement and you know he's in a f- phenomenal shape and you know he, he will be able to have some good matches and I think he'll be there to put over a lot of talent like he's going to have his inevitable match with Kenny Omega which fair enough I think they'll have a decent match there's no way Christian's winning yeah there's no way Christian's um, I no, think Kenny Omega is going to hold on to that title for a very long time yeah judging by what happened obviously we'll get into the matches in a bit um, but yeah it's kind of that was like you know he's just in the Royal Rumble and then a month later he's really in it signed to AEW which was like same with Big Show as well it was kind of like oh what the fuck do you know what I mean but people don't people... Awesome. They, have, they have these uh, kind of they have these uh, matches with Randy Orton or they have these um, like segments with Randy Orton and all of a sudden they jump to the AEW Mate, money talks, mate. In the pandemic, money talks, mate. Yeah, it does. And I think if they're going to give Christian and Big Show more of a role than what they're getting at WWE, then fair play. I've seen very brief bits of an interview with Chris Jericho and he was talking about AEW and their global presence. And he was saying there's, if he was to go, I think he used India as this specific example. Like They're not going to know the majority of the AEW roster, but who they do know is Jericho. They know who Jericho is. They know who Paul White is. Um, arguably down they'll know who Christian is and that gets them a foot in the door to go to these different places and then that gives exposure for them to see the other guys that are on the roster going forward so it, it seems like they're looking at some sort of global presence outside of what they normally have um, well, well, and Christian are the names to get kind of people in the door well they want to come here from what I heard after the pandemic if AWK came here I'd I'd I'll buy tickets if I see him. I'd go just as a Kenny Omega. It depends who they bring over though, as well, isn't it? Yeah, I'd go. I'd, def- I'd definitely go and see. And it just it makes sense as well because there is a lot of like, there's a lot of fans in the UK. There's a lot of merch. There's a lot of people here as well. So it, it baffles me why there isn't more of a like a big wrestling presence here. I know you've got the independence, but for the big companies, I know WWE used to do back in what 2000, 2001 with the odd pay-per-view here and there. But I'm not so I'm surprised that one of the bigger companies hasn't tried to get a strong foothold in the UK already. Well they were supposed to do Fighter Fest before the pandemic happened. Like at the beginning of March and normally have Fighter Fest in it. Yeah. They were supposed to have it here and he would have had it at Fulham. Like you know because he owns yeah. a football club. Yeah. He owns one of the football clubs, doesn't he? I think 
I suppose it's perfectly sensible. It's their capacity. It's only 19,000. So if you include ground, seat, and stuff like mm-hmm. that, 20, 25,000 with all the stuff that you've got up with, it probably makes sense to go somewhere like that. Yeah, but you, and plus he doesn't even need to pay rent on the joint. Yeah, it does. Literally, it's his own club. Yeah, it's his own club. He can put on whatever he wants, isn't he? It's like when yeah. he, he's, he's got Daly's place and he's got the football pitch behind it, isn't it? Yeah. So it's one of them, isn't it? Like... Oh uh, yeah, it must be nice being a billionaire son, isn't it? But yeah, <laughs> talking about the um, pay per view, one two things annoy me with AEW recently. Like the fans trying to do like UK kind of chants, like soccer style chants, like American fans trying to do that, just does yeah. not work. And the interference in that every other match and the brawls, it's kind of like the matches are good, but I don't want to see interference or the brawl like every other match. It seems like it's almost back, and it's like, can you remember in like the Attitude Era? The Attitude Era had something knocking on every single time. Or something could be happening every other match. It wasn't just a wrestling match. It was always something on the line. They did it to a great degree, but that's how it kind of feels at the moment. It'll be that something's happening all the time, and it's never just a case of one fall to a finish, match over, move on to the next storyline. Yeah, which I can understand. You got weekly TV to fill up and whatever, but it's so overblown. But it's kind of like, uh. You know, when you're watching it weekly, do I want to see a like a WCW brawl every other week with all the roster coming out and whatever? It's kind of like that, you know, in the women's match. The women's match was great until the the end. Yeah, like, it was. It just it, it felt the women's match for me felt like they just wanted to get airtime for other wrestlers. Yeah, like, which is, it was it was a relevant thing. It was such a good match. It was such a good start to finish. A good brawl. It was it was irrelevant bringing out so many people, let alone just one person. Yeah, which is just like you know, obviously they'll get onto the most. Like the whole pay per view was great, like from start to finish, the tag match, yeah. the Sorry women's match. Phone just completely froze. I couldn't hear a thing, so I had to leave and then rejoin. Oh, okay, are you saying got knocked out your phone? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was good. The paper was good. The cinematic match is really good. Yeah, the the hit stings weaknesses really well. Yeah, really, really, really well. I do want to point out. I, I understand that Brian Cage is a big bloke, but the fact that he carried Darby Allen up the stairs whilst in a in a superplex is absolutely perplexed me beyond belief. <laughs> like mm-hmm. someone could be that strong, but then I also see when Darby Allen got thrown into the window and he fell down. It's on the end. Yeah, like the corner might be. Like I like the, the the sting thing was it kind of I don't know if you like ever watched Lucha Underground it kind of reminded me of that kind of Lucha Underground feel yeah I, I get what you mean um, I've very little exposure to you, uh, Lucha Underground but I do get what you mean um, something that I did like really did like was Sting's mask while his face paint having it half Sting half Darby Allen I thought it looked really cool and it looked like it looked yeah I didn't notice that to be fair yeah. At the beginning of the match, like you know, you got like Team Taz like rocking up in like some, yeah, 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 like crazy car, hundred thousand pound car, 
and then like you got Sting in his old man van, and then Darby Allen hanging on to the back of it. I thought well, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that. I thought the entrances were really cool. Just the beginning, the way they filmed yeah. it. And there's kind of and like I don't know I don't know how it went down with the live crowd, but the way they filmed Allen it. Spot. Fuck me, where he basically oh my days, like yeah. two stories. And like, he's an absolute psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Like he's got zero, absolutely no disregard for his health and well-being. He is the next big star. I think he is as well. He's the next big breakthrough star. If you're talking about people who are going to win the AEW Championship. It's him. Can't see anybody else. I don't, I don't see him winning the AEW belt anytime soon. Not anytime soon. Like, give him a year. Give him a good run with the TNT belt. And then... Yeah, kind of give him, like, six, seven months. And then the next big, like, you know, revolution pay-per-view or something like that. Give him a shot in it. Enough. Yeah, the most intriguing part was the death match. The death match was decent. The match, it's, the match itself was okay. The match itself was great. It was like just the, the ending. Yeah, the spots were great. Kind of like the you know the spots that I had on the ropes and things like that with the bombs going off, and then the spot that I had outside was a bit wonky. It's kind of half missed because like John Moxley kind of took all of that. Like when you bumped him, when you did the bump into the paradigm shift, yeah, kind of Kenny kind of missed half of that. So like yeah, the, no. the the explosion kind of hit Moxley more, and then it was kind of like I really enjoyed it when he brings in the bat and kind of that explodes. I thought that was a really clever spot. Like then, kind of like the ending was a bit. Like really lackluster, and I kind of like, oh, you think the ring was gonna blow up, or like something was? Do you thought there's gonna be more of a something blowing up than it, than what happened? Like fair play to Eddie Kingston for like playing along with that, but it, it oh, like the the make jokes about it on um like this week's AEW. Yeah, promo for me. I feel sorry for Eddie Kingston because he kind of got caught in the crossfire. Yeah, he did, and he, he sold it really, really well. Yeah, and you can hear the fans in the building like when the booing. countdown went off, kind of booing. Like, what the fuck is that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then obviously Mox came on the mic after we had all finished and like tried to cut a little bit of a saving, saving comment about it, but. Just the promo and everything. It looks like the kind of thing that you used to be able to create on SmackDown versus Raw. Or SmackDown Here Comes a Pain on PS2. Like, it was literally just a couple of pyro. Like, it's not. It, it was worse explosion than what Kane had in the Attitude Area when he used to bring his arm there. It was really... That was... The ending was really bad because the match was great. I hate whoever, to say it, the match was great. Whoever, whoever came up with, with that idea, like... They could have even done, even if it was just like a couple of smoke machines that just blasted the ring with smoke in like a quick succession, just to kind of make it look a little bit more. Because you could still see them throughout the whole of the thing. Yeah, yeah, you could see the yeah. whole. What you saw was like two sprinklers go off on the second bloody uh, turnbuckles, and like yeah. Eddie's just standing there like he died. I'm yeah, like, if you filled that ring to the point where you can't see, yeah, obviously, yeah, if you can't see. Kingston, 
then their reactions become a hundred times more believable. Yeah. But you can see them all the way through, and you can see that nothing happens to them. The ring doesn't even shake at all. No, you don't. Now comparing comparing the spots that were there, and the, the spots that I mean this obviously whatever it was pyro or whatever goes up on the barbed wire and whatever, kind of that was more like bloody. You could see more there than there was at the end. I think it's just it's even when you're talking about it like such a match that was so hyped up. It's like when was the last time you said death match? You know that John's Moxley's been he's been with CDW. You know that yeah. he's got this blocker, and then it gets to that like you can't talk about it without just sounding deflated. They could have done anything, like I said, the smoke machine. They could have collapsed the ring. There's, they literally could have done anything other than what they did, and it would have been believable. Yeah, and you could understand why they got a twenty percent drop off in it. Yeah, just because, because have to watch Eddie, Eddie Kingston lie in the pit, lie in the middle of the ring like he's been shot. Yeah, and he kills Eddie Kingston because Eddie Kingston's great. Yeah, he is, and he's he's, he's always been great. When we watched him at Fight Club Pro, he's always been top tier, and I just it was so disappointing to just kind of see what happened. And did they proof it before? Did they? Because they kind of looked at that before and thought, yeah, this is going to be acceptable. Yeah, it, was it health and safety? Was it a botch? You just don't know. Isn't it? This is the yeah. this is a problem. You know, if you have a big countdown like that, that that's the problem, and then you get to zero. It's kind of like you get having a delayed orgasm, and it's like fucking, oh, you you're not gonna explode now. A bit shit, isn't it? <laughs> I hate to put it in that context, but that's the only analogy I can think of. Yeah, that's true. It's just. It was just underwhelming. It might, it's got to be the most underwhelming thing I've seen in wrestling in years. The finish, yeah. Yeah. That, just that, not the finish to the match. The actual finish, finish to the segment. Everything from countdown, everything from the 10 second countdown onwards. And you could have pulled him out. Yeah, you could have. Or you could have just pulled him out and then been like, oh yeah, he's pulled him out and then, okay, it wasn't as bad as it would have been. And then anybody need to sell it? You could have just picked him up, put him on his back and walked out because there was that between the fifteen to ten seconds, there's that bit where Eddie's just lying over him. Yeah, Yeah. But I guess we'll see where things go after that. I think everything has now been covered, so we've done an hour and fifteen minutes, so anybody wanna get uh, anything in? Uh, the only thing that um, I forgot to mention was the rumours of the British Bulldogs' son joining NXT UK. Oh yeah, um, David Boy Smith Jr. So yeah. it looks like he's uh, finished his stint with New Japan, and now he's he finished his stint with as it's New Japan that's... like five years ago. Well, that's the person who I'd. Uh, He's got the name. But I don't I don't think he's gonna go NXT UK. I think he's going to NXT. Because oh, of because of the pandemic. But... Yeah, you heard that, yeah, but it's completely flicked around then. It makes sense, NXT UK champion. But you've literally got star power straight away. You've got attention all eyes on NXT UK straight away. Just with the name affiliation, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. He's travelling, isn't it? Yeah, he's gone to. He's doing that Josh Barnett blood sport, and he's he's, he's started to kind of diversify himself in MLW. The matches that he was having there were 
wants you to set aside from Brian Pillman Jr. and Teddy Hart as part of the new Hart Foundation. Once he kind of set aside from that, a lot of his matches had a little bit of a, an MMA shoot kind of style towards them. Yeah. And I think that that if you can develop that a little bit more and it enhances it a little bit more, it's the perfect match for Walter to have because he's a big guy. He's He's got that same thing. I just fear that he's going to walk into NXT in America and he's going to be another Timothy Thatcher and it'll be another similar kind of match in the cage and then another fade into obscurity. Yeah, That's probably. True. But I, it, it all depends on travel, and That's the yeah. thing, isn't it? And the travel bands and stuff in the travel situation. Yeah, right now it's really difficult to travel in. Yeah, I think, I think in June, once the once the like, worldwide travel ban has been lifted, I think you're gonna see. I think NXT UK. I don't. I don't think travel ban. A travel ban is gonna be worldwide. Like, there won't be worldwide travel till late. But, maybe late at the end of the year. Maybe not. It depends on. It all depends on the hard data that they're going to get through. Yeah. For us, yeah, we might have a more lax kind of like back to normal. Let's all be all go out and party and get hammered. But then you got to get a party and get hammered. And if it mutates again, you're fucked. Like I said, this, the school rates already gone up again. Like, and they just let them into school. And those kids ain't getting hammered. It's going to be how they monitor between the 12th of April and the beer gardens up until June 21st. If they just let it become a free-for-all like they did last time, it's only going to go one way, unfortunately. It's a, it all depends on the hardline data, isn't it? And if they're letting people in the country, but even a bigger one, we had that, we had that fiasco of some person just completely off the radar. And it took them, what, a week, maybe more than a week to find them. And they travel to another place as well. So, like, don't get, like, do not get your hopes up to early 2021. To, 2022. Yeah, like, sorry, yeah, 2022, yeah. Like, the begin, like, like, January, February, once the winter's cleared. Like, say this time next year, you'll know the full effects of, like, the complete full effects of a vaccine rollout. But if well, if well, when when you get once you get worldwide travel back, and people can go traveling, that's when you know things are back to normal. Yeah, you know, it's all it's all you know good and just kind of be like oh yeah. Obviously, you got to be half optimistic, but you got to be half kind of realistic as well. Yeah, you can't just like I think a lot of people are being more optimistic and not being realist. Like this is a virus. This is a thing you can't see in it. Like I think uh, I've got some crazy antibodies because I've been tested like, uh, like regularly, pretty much. I had few tests weekly, and I've had a few tests like monthly, and they've all come back negative. Thank you know, yeah. thank the heavens or whatever. Like I'm thinking I'm gonna ring up for a blood test and just see what the crack is before the vaccine rollout comes out. Like, you know, they're supposed to offer everybody a vaccine in June. Like a first shot. Yeah. But then like most vaccines are not affected till you get the second shot. So like I said, it all depends on the hardline data between like say between April to uh 
August, you know, before the kids go back to school. I think them four months are going to be pretty clear and then afterwards you're kind of going to be like, winter time is going to be the one where it's going to be like, you know, and flu is completely been out, out the question, hasn't it? We haven't heard of many people had the flu. So kind of that makes it, that's going to make a resurgence. And if it kind of mixes with COVID-19, it's a major trouble. That's true. On that note. Yeah, I hate to bring it down, but on that note, yeah. Um, <laughs> James. Obviously the Twitter stuff. So, um, as always, please follow us at Breeze underscore shooting. Uh, get in touch. Uh, thank you for our new followers. Uh, I see the, the number of our followers keeps on going up. We'll get we'll get a load of new ones and then a few will dip off and then we'll get some more. So um, stick with yeah. us. I know we're quite irregular, but when we do a show, we kind of convert a lot. Yeah, it's a little bit erratic, but and uh, hopefully we'll be having uh, some kind of new things coming up, um, like I touched upon um, kind of interviews, things like that. So yeah, yeah that's James. That's you want to plug everything? Um, yeah, everything is James Vaughan fourteen. That is Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. Nice and simple, for everyone. Uh, thanks. I'm sure we'll be back covering Fastlane, uh, New Japan Cup Finals, run up to NXT uh, takeovers and WrestleMania. So that'll be our next shows in uh, about another two weeks, probably. I think it'd be two awesome. weeks in it, but yeah, it's nice to have you back, James. As well, just Appreciate it. thank you for having me back. Yeah, but, uh, and, uh, thanks everybody. Um, take care, and you you take care, and stay safe. Yeah, bye.